Hello, this is Justin Christopher, the Executive Pastor at Midtown Church. We're glad that you're listening this morning. Uh, This is a recording of our service that we had via Zoom conference call, given the coronavirus and the inability to meet together in person as a congregation. And so the audio will be a little bit different, but we wanted to share it with our Midtown family and any of you who were listening. So enjoy the service. Thanks for listening. You're listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. Midtown Church is a family loved and served by God, compelled to love and serve each other and Austin with God. Learn more at midtownaustin.org. So I uh, do want to say uh, good morning once again and just say it really is awesome to be with you guys. It's so, so fun that we would have, you know, the shows down there in the bottom, 76 participants, but, you know, there's more than that because some of you are watching together. Um, it's really, really encouraging. Um, Y'all know that as a church, we've moved as quickly and as wisely as possible to respond uh, to all the challenges that have, that have been before us. And so I want to, I know that you guys know that and just want to say that we're, we're continuing to respond as quickly and as wisely as we can. And want to thank you for your patience and support and flexibility um, over these last, last few weeks for sure. This morning, I'd like just to share a few verses from the book of Hebrews that I think are actually just really timely. Um, and just so you're prepared, this is going to be like a sermonette, so it's going to be like 10-15 minutes. That's what we're going to do with this time together in this format. feel like that's a better uh, time frame. But I really love the book of Hebrews, and I've been uh, going to it a lot this last week, just in, in my own personal studies. I'm considering what in the world you know, God is doing behind the scenes in all of this. Um, Hebrews is a super theologically rich book. Um, the kind of history behind it was that it was written to Christians who came from Jewish backgrounds that had been following uh, Jesus for a long time. But at the time the letter is written is actually a period where they're actually starting to question their faith and they're actually being tempted to unbelieve, to stop believing and following Jesus. There were a lot of difficult circumstances that they were facing in their city. And they were also kind of being overrun a bit by the predominant worldview of that time of the Jewish population. So these were Jewish converts who now are being pulled back to possibly unbelief in Jesus and going back to their Jewish faith. And so that's kind of the background. And the author of Hebrews is actually unknown. We don't necessarily know exactly who it is, but whoever whoever it was uh, just brilliantly explains throughout the book how Jesus was the fulfillment of all the Jewish beliefs and practices. And so it's kind of, you can use like Jesus is better as like the the kind of topic throughout the whole book. And so the author explains how Jesus is better than Moses, that Jesus is better than the Old Testament laws, that Jesus is better than the Sabbath, that Jesus is better than the priesthood, and Jesus is better than all the rituals that were practiced by the Jewish people at that time, that he was actually the fulfillment of all of it. So that's really what the whole book is about. But what I really like about the book is it's got five warnings kind of embedded. So it's kind of like this deep theology But then within it has these five warnings scattered throughout the book. And all the warnings were aimed at their potential unbelief of the people. And so he's given them these warnings to say, hey, in this difficult time that you're in, when you've got all these other voices that are pulling on you and trying to get you to go back to Judaism and to cause you to to abandon your faith or or be prone to unbelief, that's where he's given these five warnings. And so today we're just going to look at a few verses in the fourth of those five warnings at the very end we'll look at one verse in the fifth warning but i think that it's kind of an important uh, topic for today because when we're in times of crisis like we're experiencing today 
I think one of the things that happens is that gives us an opportunity to, to falter a bit in our belief, to be prone to unbelief. There's an opportune time of the spiritual forces that work against us to cause us uh, to move toward unbelief. And of course, we're in difficult times in our city like they were in the Hebrews. And maybe we don't have the Jewish uh, voices um, necessarily pulling us to abandon our faith. But one thing we would have that's pretty prominent right now is we have the very, very well-meaning but often fear-based messages that we're receiving throughout the day, right? Depending on how much you're watching the news, it can just, you're getting filled with all these messages that make you question and be prone to unbelief and wonder where God is in the midst of it. And so that's why I was been kind of meditating on these verses personally and why I think they'd be appropriate for us just to look at briefly here this morning. I'll try to pull them up here on the screen. If you have your Bible open and want to do it, it's actually from Hebrews 10. Um, we'll look at verses, just the two, two verses in this fourth challenge, which would be uh, verses 24 and 25, 23 through 25, rather. Here are the verses. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's kind of two uh, commands there, with both starting with let us. So let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, and then let us consider how we can spur one another on. And I'm actually going to start with the second of those two, and then go back to the first here at the end. So we'll start with the second one. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. When I think about that verse, I kind of did a little bit more study on it this week and saw that uh, actually the Greek, it's not really translated word for word because it sounds kind of clunky in English if you were to translate it word for word. So we, you know, we get the, the phrase, let us consider how we can spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Well, really, if it was kind of translated more word for word, it's something more like consider one another so that you know how to spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And so the, the actual command is actually consider one another. That's a pretty strong, I think, command in the midst of our time right right now is to do what this says and to consider one another. Um, I don't know if that's something that you naturally do in a time like this. Like certainly if our hearts are regenerated and we're listening to the spirit, it probably does become pretty easy for us to consider others first. But if we're honest, usually in times like this, our first response is to think about ourselves or those closest to us and how much toilet paper we can hoard, whatever we have to do for ourselves. But here the command's real simple. It's just to consider others. I think that means just that maybe when you're in the midst of your day and you're feeling some anxiety, that one of the best things that we can do is we can just pause. Instead of thinking about ourselves, consider others. And it says real specifically, consider, if they've taken the Greek part of the command, consider so that you can know how to spur one another on toward love and deeds. And so one of the things that I want to recommend that we would do during this period of, of isolation is that we would do just that, that we would pause regularly, at least daily, if not multiple times a day, to consider other people. And then to ask the Holy Spirit to give us direction about someone that we can encourage, someone that we could spur on, someone that might need attention or just a text message or a voicemail or to set up a call like this not just within our church, certainly within our church, but think of those outside of our church too, your neighbors, 
or your coworkers, your friends, your family. One of the things he's saying here is consider other people. And if you remember too, in the context, if we were to read all of, of Hebrews 10 and this kind of fourth challenge that he's giving them, all of these five challenges in the book of Hebrews are all about unbelief. And so what you see here, at, at least in part from this command, is there's also the com commitment or the understanding that we need one another. We need other people during tough times to spur us on toward loving good deeds. And then the goal of the spurring or the goal of this encouragement, like it describes, is that we hold on to our faith, that we need each other to hold strong in our faith, and that we grow to be more loving people. That's the goal. Let's hold on to our faith and grow to be more loving people. And we do that first by remembering each other, considering each other first. If we want to hold on to our faith and grow to be more loving people, um, it also says that we need to keep meeting together because that's the caveat to the command, right? Did you see it there? I'll, I'll bring it back up one more time for us. The command here has a little phrase about how we do this. Consider how we can spur one another on toward loving good deeds, but then not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Not giving up meeting together. It's pretty clear that if we're to encourage one another and consider each other, one of the things that we have to do is we have to be committed to continue uh, to meet together. I think that's why it's so critical for us, especially in this time of isolation, that we're finding ways to meet together as a church. That's why today is so, I mean, so encouraging to my heart. And I hope that you leave encouraged and, and built up and more ready to hold on to your faith and consider others because that's what happens when we meet together. And so we want to encourage you guys to continue to stay connected uh, as a body this week, that we won't give up meeting together like some are in the habit of doing. I was thinking about our uh, spiritually healthy habits that we have as a focus this year. This one's not a spiritually healthy habit. It's a bad habit, right? Some are in the habit of not meeting together, but he's saying, no, we're, we're going to continue to find ways to meet together. Just to, just to give you some encouragement to let you know that the staff and um, the MC leaders this week, we've been working together to put, put behind the scenes to put together a way that every single person, like in our whole database, 175-ish people, that now has someone that's assigned to, to check up on them and to care for them. And while that's you know a good way for us to do it, make sure that everyone's being cared for, certainly don't uh, wait on those people or rely just on them. This is something that we can all be doing so that we're multiple times a week getting touch points with friends. We're committed to do that. We don't know how long this period of isolation is going to last, right? And so I think we need to be extra di diligent in both considering other people and then finding ways to meet together. All of our Midtown communities you'll hear are going uh, virtual. Some of you guys have already met virtually in a Zoom call much like this or in Google Hangouts. And we wanna make let you know that all the elders, the staff, the women's leadership team, all would be available to, to talk one-on-one -on -one like this just on a, on a Zoom call or a conference or on FaceTime, that we wanna make sure that we're all available. And so that's what we're committed to do as a church to continue to meet together. And I wanna encourage you to do the same as you consider others to reach out and to make time uh, to meet together. Continue with your Midtown uh, communities, continue with your huddles. That's what's gonna help us hold on to our faith and grow to be more loving people, especially in times like these. If you, if you saw at the very end of that passage, the command, it actually said, all the more as you see the day approaching. And so the Jewish readers, you know, from their Jewish background, they would have known what this day of the Lord would be, meaning the time when, when Christ would come back. 
And one of the things that was promised a lot with related to when Christ would come back, that it would be a, a period of, of great uh, tumultuous activity. And don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that, uh, that this is part of the day of the Lord because we have coronavirus. But what I am saying is, is real clear in the command that he said, as times get tougher, like when you think about the day of the Lord and what that's going to be like, all the more reason to not give up meeting together, all the more reason to consider one another instead of yourselves. And so that's what we're trying to do uh, this way and hope that you would continue to do that because as times get more difficult, that's just more reason for us to consider others and for us to not give up meeting together. In closing, I'll go back to the first part of the verse, share it here again with you in verse 23. We tackled this, the second part of the command. This is the first part of the command. is let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us hold unswervingly the hope that we profess for he who promised is faithful. This whole idea of uh, holding on to the hope is really the idea that we would be sure of our eternal security. That's really what Christian hope is. The ultimate Christian hope, we hope in all of God's promises, but the ultimate hope is that there are, our attorney is, is certain that this life, no matter what difficulty we're going through, there's, there's something, there's a reward on the other side that's far greater because we're trusting in the man Jesus who told us that he is the way and the truth and the life, that he was going to go away and prepare a place for us. We're, we're trusting in the man Jesus who, who said that, that God loved the world, so he sent his son that whoever would believe would not perish but have eternal life. We're trusting in the one who said of himself that he is the resurrection and the life and that he who believes in him will live and will not die. We're holding fast, or what it says here, holding unswervingly to this hope. Because when we hold to this hope, what it allows us to do is it allows us to put others above ourselves because we're not thinking of ourselves. And it allows us to endure almost any, well, really anything that we'd be going through. Because when we have that hope, we know that there's something else on the other side which gives us the endurance, which gives us the steadfastness to hold unswervingly because we're sure of the hope that we have. If you were to read a little bit further in, the, um, in this whole fourth challenge in the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, uh, you would see that he describes their faith, actually. He he's, reminds them what their faith was like earlier. We're now looking at Hebrews 10, 32. Remember those early days after you received the light, when you endured great conflict and, and uh, full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution, at other times you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property. Here's why. So they endured all of that. Why? Because you knew that you yourselves had a better and lasting possessions. So don't throw away your confidence. He's saying again, don't throw away your hope. Don't be prone to unbelief. It will be richly rewarded. What gave them the ability to continue to suffer with others and meet others' needs along the way in their younger days as believers was because they held on to this hope that they knew that they had something better and more lasting possessions that there would be richly rewarded in heaven. That's what it means for us to hold on to that hope. If you go back to the verse, you would know uh, one thing very important is, is it's not hope and hope. It's not faith in faith in Jesus. It said, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess because he who promised is faithful. 
So our hope is not in hope, our faith is not in faith, but our hope and our faith are in Jesus who made all of those promises that he's the way, the truth, and the life, that whoever believes in him will live and will not die. Our hope is actually in him, not in ourselves and our capacity to stir up hope. We can be sure of this hope because uh, the one that we've hoped in is, is who our hope is anchored to. It's in Jesus. So we don't have to um, hope and hope. We hope in him. As I close, I'll go back to this whole word consider. Uh, consider one another. That word consider in Hebrews was actually used to just one more time in the whole book of Hebrews, but it was used in the very next challenge. Remember I said there were five challenges to calling them to stay firm and hold to their beliefs. In this fifth challenge, Paul would use the same, or not Paul, whoever the writer was, would use the same word, but in a different way. The next challenge comes in chapter 12, and it says this, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. It's the same thing, that we said a, a same command of pause, stop for a minute, and consider others. In this fifth challenge, he's saying it really similarly, but he's telling them to do something even more important. Stop. Pause. When you're in the middle of this difficult time, stop and consider him who endured opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary, lose heart, so that you will hold on to your belief. You won't grow weary if you stop and consider him. Consider him who endured it so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In the same challenge, just the verse before in Hebrews 12, 2, he actually said, uh, when he, before he said consider, he said, fix your eyes on him. And so it's the idea that just as much as we looked back at the command that I said first to consider others, what's equally important is to consider Jesus. Remember what he's done and remember the promises that he's made and what he's secured for us through what he endured on the cross. And when we stop to consider him, we also do the other part of the command that I mentioned earlier. We, we don't stop meeting with him just as we don't stop meeting together. And so one of the best things that we can do in addition to considering others continuing to meet together is to consider Jesus and to make sure that we're still prioritizing making time uh, with him. So I'd encourage you guys to use this time, however long we're in this isolation, to consider each other, to make time to meet together, but to consider Jesus and to make time to meet with him. That's what will sustain us. That's what will help us grow in our belief and grow to be more loving uh, people as well. Let me pray for us. And then as we end our time here, we've got a few more people that have been kind of queued up to pray overall for our city and for our church. And so after I pray, uh, those of you who are in line to pray, uh, feel free to unmute yourselves and jump in. God, we ask that you would keep us firm and unswerving, as it says, or the other translations, that we hold fast to our faith during this time. Let us not waver. Thank you for the testimony of so many people on this call this morning that, that actually are practicing this command already. They've already considered others. I've heard of so many things that we're doing for each other and for our neighbors. That causes you so much joy and that we would not give up meeting together when we come out in such a large group like this uh, this morning. It's a testimony, God, uh, to what you're doing in us. We pray that you would use it to stir our hearts to greater belief during this time and not unbelief. And that we would grow to be more loving people as we consider how we can spur one another on. We pray, God, that we would make time for you and that we would behold you and fix our eyes on you and consider Jesus 
during this time. Mm -hmm. If we have extra time, depending on our work and everything like that that's happening, uh, may we use it, God, to seek you and grow closer to you. We ask God in Jesus' name. Amen. God, we, we thank you for being a God who provides for us. Lord, you provide so much. You provide um, our means to live. You provide people to care for us and to bring joy in our lives. Uh, we just thank you for, for being someone who does that for us. I pray for everyone in our church, Lord, who, who might be sick or who uh, might be lacking something in this time, Lord. Um, I pray that you would um, bring healing, Lord, that you would provide for them whatever they need to recover, whatever they need to, to live a comfortable life, Lord, to survive. Um, I pray for those who might be with, um, out of work right now, Lord. <clears throat> I pray that you would provide a means for them to get income, Lord, so that they can pay rent, pay bills, get food, whatever it may be. <clears throat> also pray for those who might have a lot of work to do right now, Lord, who might be overworked. Um, I pray that you would ease their stress and anxiety, that you would um, give them rest, Lord, when they need it. Oh, Lord, that I pray that they would know that they're valued and that their work is beneficial for, for all of us. Um, I pray for those who are are lonely, Lord, who haven't seen their friends in a while or haven't been able to go out in a while. I pray that you would comfort them. Um, I pray that they would be able to connect with, with others, Lord, in our church and with their friends, Lord. I pray that they would have a sense of community, even though, Lord, maybe they can't leave their house. <laughs> um, also pray for, for everyone in our church, Lord, who... Um, maybe their, their rhythm is disrupted and maybe they haven't taken the time to, to pray to you and to reach out to you, Lord. I pray that we all would remember that, um, Lord, we have a purpose and a desire to, to grow closer to you. And I pray that we don't neglect that. Pray all this in your name. Heavenly Father, I just want to lift up to you all of the families at Midtown. Um, I pray for the parents um, as they are trying to figure out what this new normal is like with um, their kids. I pray that you would um, just help um, us parents be patient with our kids. I just pray for an abundance of patience and that you would renew that each morning. Um, um, we know that you're so patient with us, and I pray that we would be able to show, um, just reflect that back to our kids each day um, as we're having a lot of together time. Um, and I pray that you would um, just calm our anxieties and worries as parents so that we can better take care of our kids' needs during this time, that we would be able to um, just provide a sense of normal for our kids and calm for our kids and and um, our kids would just really feel taken care of and um know that um because of you we're going to be okay and um i pray that our kids would be able to see us um just really relying on you during this time and 
um, so that, that I would pray that we would be able to show um, how our faith is really helping us through this time and so that our kids can grow closer to you during this time too. I pray for the parents um, who are looking at homeschooling this next week as spring break is coming to a close and um, schools are going to be starting to send home work. Um, I pray that you would help us figure out how to do that, just practically speaking, and how to do that while some parents are trying to also work, and we also have littler kids, and I just pray that um, you would just help us to figure out the practical day-to-day scheduling and um, all of that, just help us um, to um, just organize ourselves and figure out all the things that we need to be able to to do to to, um, keep our kids entertained. And Lord, I thank you for all of the creative ways that I have seen out there for our kids to continue to stay connected and um, our kids to be entertained. And I pray that we will be able to tap into those resources and also find creative ways to get our kids exercise and lots of playtime. And um, so I thank you that we have technology and um, social media and ways to stay connected for our kids. Um, so many resources online. I just thank you that um, this time of isolation has coordinated with um, just great ways to stay connected um, through technology. Um, so, Lord, we give it all to you. We know that you're in control, and um, we just want to give you all, all the praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God, thank you so much. Uh, just for uh, this this church, God, and uh, this gathering this morning and encouragement that it's been uh, to me, God, and the rest of our church family. Got to pray for our college students during this time as they um, enter into a different way of doing classes, God, online for the rest of the semester. I pray for those that uh, aren't naturally organized or disciplined that you would uh, just give them that during this time, that they would be able to dial in and be focused, God, that they would be able to uh, be able to prioritize classes and studying, God, in the midst of doing this in an unstructured way. Um, And I pray for UT, God, and their professors during this time, that you would uh, just allow them to uh, really have the wisdom on how to um, do these classes in the best way and and give out the material in a way that's uh, easy for the students to really engage and uh, dive into. And I also pray, uh, well, I thank you for Justin, God, in this timely message for us and considering those around us. And I pray for our students, God, and uh, for those of us leading the students, that you would help us to um, help them to really think through how they can consider their friends that don't know you during this time. And Uh, that they can just be really good friends, that they would serve and love their friends well that don't know you um, and those that do, God, those that are just really scared, uh, that our students, uh, that they would have peace, God, during this time, and they would be able to to extend that peace uh, to their friends uh, and that this would just be a great opportunity to extend love in the world, God, and uh, true love that you give us and the grace and truth uh, that you promise us uh, through yourself. Father, you are um, the Lord over our city. Um, Whether it knows it or not, you are. And we're grateful for that. Lord, we love our city and we pray for its leaders. 
uh, we pray that you would give them wisdom, uh, discernment, grace, empathy, all of those things. Lord, we, we pray for those uh, that are out working and serving us, um, those in healthcare, those first responders and service providers, and we pray uh, for their protection. We pray uh, for rest for them, and we pray that you would uh, show us um, how to help them, how to care for them uh, in this time. Um, Lord, for those of us at home, uh, we thank you for your provision. We thank you uh, that you've given us shelter, um, food, and um, just all of the ways that you uh, care and provide for us. You are the creator of all things, and um, you take care of those that you love, and we thank you for that. Um, Lord, we do pray um, for those that are experiencing financial hardship um, right now because of because of the quarantines, Lord, or the threat of financial hardship. You've taught us that if we have a need to ask you, so we ask uh, that you would um, meet uh, those imminent uh, and or future financial needs, uh, Lord, and, and uh, guide us through uh, that struggle. Uh, and, and in that time, Lord, that you would, or that we would seek you first, Lord, that we would trust in you with all of our heart, Lord, and that we would um, know that you do have a plan for us, Lord, a plan for good um, and not for harm, and a plan to uh, give us a future and a hope. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for um, keeping us together as a community and as a family, brothers and sisters. Um, it's so encouraging to be able to see your faces and uh, know that um, we are all connected through you, Lord. Um, I pray for healing. It's um, such a difficult time. I don't even know where to begin, but we trust you. We know that you are uh, protecting us. We know this is part of your plan, even though we don't understand this. Please guide us and help us to stay calm and not be anxious. And if we are anxious, to uh, use each other, lean on each other and ask for support and prayers and calmness. Um, a lot of times this is you wanting um, to talk to us, help us listen to you. Um, and um, we also wanna pray for all of those that are actually sick with this virus, for the family members that aren't able to speak to their family members, uh, who might be in nursing homes or quarantined somewhere else. We pray for them. We pray that um, all of the people that are homesick, that they are able to take care of themselves and um, not feel alone or abandoned. We pray the, uh, for those that are actually out, um, the workers, the delivery people, the um, um, restaurant people, the HEB stores, uh, pharmacies. We pray for all of the workers that are still trying to keep everything moving along. Um, we pray for all of those that are working from home. Um, just help heal all of us around the world. And um, 
keep us encouraged by each other and these acts of kindness that we continue to see and not focus on the negative, Lord. For it's in your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, everyone. So good to see all of you all this morning. Thanks for joining us for a time of worship and time of prayer. Um, I don't know about y'all, but uh, I find it really encouraging just to be able to know that we've got this time together still and to be able to hear from God's word and to get to also pray together. Uh, I, uh, I love that my kids are getting to see this as well. There's a lot of good here, even though there's also a lot of hard. And so we, we're in this together. You're not alone. Hope you know that. Um, and if you reach out to us, like especially staff, uh, we're still working. <laughs> and uh, we're here for y'all. Um, the uh, elders and women's leadership team as well, as your MC leaders, your huddle leaders. So if you need something, like you've got people, though we're not here with you physically, we're in this with you. <laughs> we love you. We care about you. You're not a burden. You're not a bother. You're not an interruption. If you need something, please let us know, okay? And so you can do that by sending us an email. You can do that by sending us a text. Like whatever, anyway, like we're, on the, we're all on Facebook, we're on Instagram, like get a hold of us. We want to know. We want to talk with you. I do want to encourage you all to follow uh, Midtown Austin on Instagram if you're on there because we're going to start doing a little bit more uh, via that. Uh, probably some, uh, some stories and stuff like that on there, just a way to keep uh, in, in touch. Also, um, we are going to start this next week a uh, brief a little devotional uh, video that we'll send out uh, each day from different people in our church, probably about a minute long, but just as a way to, again, see someone else's face and get some encouragement. So that should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to hearing from y'all in regards to that. So that should start uh, on uh, tomorrow. And then in addition, we're going to uh, have, like Justin referenced earlier, but we're going to do MCs still. And so uh, your MC leader should be in touch with you or have already gotten in touch with you about what that's going to look like. That'll probably be over Zoom and uh, still just good to be able to see each other's faces, to connect, to pray for one another, to get in the word together, to encourage one another, tell corny jokes, share your best meme that you've seen so far because there's a lot of good ones going around right now. And uh, yeah, we'll have a good time together. And then also, just real quick, last thing I'll say here, but um, as far as moving forward as a church, uh, our plan is that we're going to keep doing these on Sunday mornings. If you have an idea of how to do this better or how to make this more impactful or something like that, we're wide open to ideas. We're all learning as we go. And so uh, this is our church. We're all like, this is ours. It's no more mine than anyone else's. It's uh, other than Jesus. It's really, he belongs to me. We belong to him. And then we're all in this together. So we want to keep learning how to do this better and better. And so if you have ideas, send them my way. As far as our plans for this um, uh, next Sunday, we're like I said, we're right now planning on continuing to do the Zoom calls, um, and uh, we are going to actually get back to the um, Heart Matters series. All of our sermons are going to be a lot shorter <laughs> moving forward, and because this is it's better that way over this kind of medium, but uh, Matt Tolander will be teaching next week. We're going to get back to the Heart Matters series because the one that he was preparing to teach on was actually on the emotion of fear. 
and we figure like, oh, well, that's, that's pretty timely. So we're going to get back to that. I think it's going to be helpful. I'm really looking forward to that time together as well as just continue time to pray and encourage each other and see each other's faces. So uh, last thing, uh, the what's after ATX. A lot of y'all have heard about this. We've talked about it. We actually had some big meetings about it a little over a week ago, which seems like three months ago now, <laughs> but it's wild. But uh, the plan is, is that we are actually not going to do that sermon series uh, that was going to kick off on Easter. We're going we're gonna to change that up. We we're going to probably push that back to whenever uh, the fall or sometime when we're back meeting together. Um, so that's, that's the plan. I still think that the website and the What's After Life books are very timely and great things to share with people. And so if you, you know, uh, as you pray for and try to consider how to spur each other on, love and good deeds, and to love your neighbors as you love yourself, uh, you might want to still share a link from that, share that book with someone. It could be a great resource for you. But we aren't going to be doing the What's After ATX sermon series on April 12th. What will we be doing instead? That's a good question. And I will get back to you as we work on that. But I'm, uh, I'm excited about whatever it's going to be. <laughs> hey, um, friends, love y'all a whole lot. Miss you. Hope you're doing well. Um, please do not stay isolated. If you're hurting, if you're in financial uh, crisis or struggles or fear, or if you're in physical health, like if you're sick, Man, please let us know. We will pray for you. We will talk with you. And we will rally together to find a way to serve you, meet your needs. Uh, and so it's big. It's big for us to lean into family here. We are family because of what Christ has done for us. Let's, let's really live that out. Okay. So thankful for how I've seen that already happening this, uh, over this last week. And uh, I think we're just going to get better and better at it as we move forward. So love y'all a whole lot. I hope you have a great rest of the day, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the Midtown Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this ministry has blessed you. If you would like to support this ministry, you can donate at midtownaustin.org.